In the last lesson, we looked at the very important subject of self-control or, or self-discipline. Now, in this uh, lesson, we are going to look at practical steps uh, to organize a busy life. So this is sort of the practical outworking of our last lesson. We are all stewards of God's good and gracious gifts to us. Our bodies, our time, our money, our spiritual gifts, our relationship with Christ, our families, the ministry God gives us to serve Him and serve other people. However, the problem today is over-busyness and multiple distractions, unlike any other time in history. On the back cover of the book, Crazy Busy, by Dr. Edward Hollowell, it states this, Crazy Busy, a state of constant frenzy, a symptom of our high-speed, high-tech world, is a national epidemic. Day in and day out, we plunge ourselves into a mad rush of activity, and the resulting brain overload has led us to the point where our entire society is suffering from culturally induced ADD. It goes on to say this, blackberries, cell phones, emails 24-7, rushed mornings, and endless carpools to the kids' soccer games, hurried mealtimes, longer work days, being crazy busy saps us of creativity, humanity, and mental well-being. It is a crisis situation. Elders are busy people, and as God's stewards over God's household, elders are responsible for organizing, managing the household of God. And God is not pleased if his household is disorganized and, and mismanaged. If the people's spiritual gifts are squandered, money is wasted, uh, problems are not addressed, and the people are frustrated and fighting. I have seen church leaders ruin churches and, and even their own families because of lives that were disorganized. Busy, responsible people need to be organized and keep their personal lives in order. This is God's will. Furthermore, if you do not manage life well, you will have no time for prayer, Bible study, personal growth in Christ. Let's look right now at some very practical ideas for organizing your busy life and for becoming a better shepherd of God's flock and a better leader in your home. Let's get started. Number one, organize your life and stay with it. Organizing your life is not a, one in a once in a lifetime event. It's something you do consistently, daily, weekly, monthly, and even yearly. You have to regularly stop and think about what you're doing and how much you are doing. Are you over busy? Are you over committed? The biggest complaint I hear from people is that they're too busy. Uh, they can't keep up with life. They're frustrated with the lack of time and the many interruptions of life. Personal organization and time management are crucial if we are to survive this busy world and be good stewards of God's many tasks that he has given to us. God has given each of us 24 hours a day and we must manage that time. He has also given us work to do. It's a wonderful thing to have work to do, but we have to organize our work and to manage the time we have to do that work. We have to get things done. We all have daily tasks we must accomplish. So we all need time management. We need to organize our work, adjust our schedules continually in order to meet life's many demands. Let me assure you of this. 
Throughout life, you will struggle with this issue of managing a busy life. We need to develop good habits for keeping life in order and controlling life's many, many demands. Now let's look secondly at even a more practical idea here. Use a daily planner, uh, calendar, a digital program, whatever you want to use. You have to manage the many tasks you are given by God, by the church, by your employer, by your family. So you need a tool that will help you keep track of your daily schedule, your appointments, your responsibilities. You may want to use your phone, your tablet, computer, or paper planner system. Uh, whatever you use, if it works for you, that's good. Whatever method you choose, you need to have some system for managing appointments and assignments and responsibilities. And I might add a prayer request. That's especially true of elders. When people give me an assignment or a job, I write that down right away. If I don't write it down right away, I will forget. This is important when it comes to prayer too. If someone gives you a prayer request and you say, oh yes, I'll pray for you, but you don't pray for them, really that's dishonest. So when people give you a prayer request, write it right down. This way they know you take prayer seriously. Now third, plan your day and your week. Every day, take five minutes and plan your day. This is something I've done for many, many years. You can do this early in the morning, which is the time I like, or sometimes you can do it at night. Look at the tasks you have to complete, the appointments you have, the phone calls you have to make. Then you can see what you have planned for the day and what you're able to do and not do in that specific day. This will protect you from being over busy. It will help you to know when to say no to requests people have. In addition, be prepared for the normal interruptions and unexpected events of life. The better you're organized in life, the easier it is to handle life's many, many interruptions, which sometimes can be very important occasions. Also, plan your week and the month. If you're a very busy person, you will have to plan ahead for a year or maybe even two years. You must have some idea of what's happening in your life or you will be overbooked and you will be frustrated. But if you plan ahead, you will be able to take control of your schedule and your workload. It's also necessary to take time and plan with your spouse. So I would say at least twice a week, my wife and I, sometimes more, we sit with our calendars at lunch or dinner and we look over the week, we look over the, the month, we look over the year. And in this way, we're able to take control of, of uh, crazy busy and we're able to take time out and have time for ourselves, time for our children, our grandchildren. Take control of your time. Work by daily planning ahead. If you don't, you'll be behind in all your activities. Four, create a checklist. I read that people who keep lists and organize their lives actually preserve their memory. In a newspaper article entitled, Organization Can Improve Your Memory, it states this, the more organized we are and the more we rely on lists, the more we can just wipe out the effects of aging. The person who has his tasks organized in structured categories is the same person who always has his keys in the same place. Writing lists not only makes people more organized, but also forces the list writer to pay attention. So, 
Keep lists of your jobs. It will help your mind. It will help you to be organized. And I believe it will also relax you. A to-do list is actually a memory device to protect you from advanced age. It's a good thing to maintain an orderly mind and an orderly life. It's beneficial to see the things you must do and to check them off on your list. And when you're finished, well, you're more relaxed. You're not so anxious about things. You feel that you've done your duties and done your jobs and now you can rest and it makes life easier and you haven't frustrated everyone around you. But it's just such a fulfilling feeling when you've checked off all your jobs and you know now you have a greater sense of freedom. Our next point, five, organize your workspace. Wherever you do your work, keep it clean and organized. This is a daily task. Having an organized workspace will give you mental clarity. It will bring discipline and order to your work. Know where your pens and your paper are. Know where your Bible is. Many people don't read the Bible because they can't find it. Where's your study materials? Uh, also, very important, know where you are going to put things. Some people call this create a home for items. It's a very good idea. Don't just throw things into a pile. Have some kind of system, filing system. Of course, you can have a basket or a folder labeled miscellaneous items. If you find a good article that you want to keep or a great quotation, uh, what do you do with that? Well, have a file folder system. Have something on your computer where you put these uh, quotations or these articles you want. You have to be able to store information and you have to be able to retrieve that information or you will be very, very frustrated. If you have no method of storing information or items, you will become frustrated and unable to find what you need to find. So devise a simple, easy to use process so that you can store information, sermon notes, illustrations, articles, bills, letters, emails, books. The important thing is for you to be able to find the information when you need to. This reminds me of a story of a man in our church whose business was booming, but he was failing in business. And so one day he said to me, he said, would, would you come to my house and help me get organized? Uh, I have plenty of work, but I, I'm not getting bills paid and I'm, I'm not getting receipts out. So I went to his house and we went into his house. And as I entered his house, here was a huge dining room table. And on it was a pile of papers, literally two feet deep. And I said to him, what is that? And he said, well, that's my business. I said, no wonder you're having such a difficult time. We're going to have to organize this. Well, it took many hours, but we got everything organized with him. It was easier to have baskets where he threw things in, his bills and receipts and letters. And he was able now to put things in their proper place. So organize your desk, organize your information. Six, be on time. Uh, this may not sound very spiritual, but your character is closely tied to your punctuality. That's because it's your word. If you are responsible for speaking or teaching at a specific time, you cannot show up late. If you show up late, people will not trust you in the future. Uh, they will not take you seriously. Your character, your word will be discredited. You will be a poor example to the younger generation. A little thing like showing up on time or being early is one of the ways you practice self-discipline. 
As a church leader, you need to be an example of being on time at church and following through with your commitments to meet at certain times of the day. I realize that in some cultures, being on time may not be considered important and it may be part of the culture. But I can assure you of this, regardless of your culture, if you are not there to open the church building on time and you don't have the sermon ready on time, people will stop respecting you. They may even stop coming to your church. If you regularly show up late to your elders' meetings, you will frustrate your fellow elders and hurt the effectiveness of those meetings, which are very important to your church. If you're late, it's disrespectful for the other person's time. A tardy person frustrates others and a sign of an undisciplined life. So, be on time as a leader of the Lord's people. Be an example. You have to do it at work. Why should we not do it in the Lord's work? Now, seven, when you work, work. Proverbs uh, 14.23 says this, In all toil there is profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Many people in the workplace say they are working, but they're actually not working. They're doing things other than their work. This frustrates most employers. Studies have shown billions of dollars are squandered in the workplace by people wasting 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there, a half hour there, people frittering away lots of time by chatting at the water cooler or checking their personal emails, getting on their cell phones, handling personal business, taking long lunches, just staring into space. When you work, work. And when you're not working, you can do other things. This applies also to your eldership and to your family. If you want to a putter on the computer, that's fine. But don't do it when you should be serving your family or fulfilling your elder duties. Get rid of distractions. According to sociologists, we live in the day of distractions. We have so many things calling to our attention, especially through technology, cell phones, emails, social media, sports, endless entertainment. But when you work, focus on your work. Don't let these other things distract you. It's not right to waste your employer's time. Or how about wasting the Lord's time or the Lord's people's time? Romans 12, 8 says, He who leads with zeal, with diligence. The Bible says we are ultimately working with the Lord's eye on us, not man's eye. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 to 8. Now, 8. Do not be a slave to your phone. We live in an age in which people think they should be available to others 24 hours a day. And you think that you must respond immediately. So it's easy to become a slave to the phone, feeling like you must be connected 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But this is not natural and it's not healthy for anyone. My friends, my dear listeners, you can control that phone. In fact, you must control that phone. If you have an answering machine or a voicemail, use it. It's, it's not wrong that you don't answer always uh, your phone or you have to respond immediately. Unless, of course, maybe you're a medical doctor or an ambulance driver and you have to do it. When you have dinner with other people, don't be on your phone. We've seen that in our own home. So rude. We're having a lovely dinner and people are on their phone. The phone rings and they think they have to have a long conversation. 
When you're studying your Bible, put away that phone. When you're at an elders meeting, turn that phone off. There's no reason to have it on and interrupt your meeting and interrupt other people. When you have a job to do, put that phone away. Control the phone. If you don't control the phone, it will control you. It'll frustrate your spouse. It'll frustrate your children. It shows disrespect for them. You can return calls later, emails or texts. If you do not learn to take control of the phone, it will take control of you. It'll become a taskmaster to you. You will have no peace or quietness in your life. And we need peace and quietness if we're ever to grow as a Christian. It's not good for your brain. It's not good for your spiritual life. It's not good for your marriage or children. So be responsible. Take control of the phone. Turn it off when you need to. Let people know that you will get back to them. There are, of course, exceptions to this, such as an emergency situation or if your job requires you to be connected to the phone all the time. Otherwise, take control.